Live from the slightly twisted deck bar, it's the Poojie Podcast with Justin Lameen. The Poojie Podcast is proudly sponsored by Cimarron Golf Club, located in Jacksonville, Florida, off County Road 210, just west of St. John's Parkway. What is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday, happy start to your week, and happy MLB World Series Day 1, Game 1. It's an exciting series we have ahead between the two best teams in baseball, of course, only a 60-game season. We talked about that in our past episodes, uh, talking about the MLB postseason preview. Um, first time since 2013 that the best teams in baseball will meet in the World Series, which is exciting. Does it have something to do with lack of fans? Does it have something to do with the bubble now that they're in the championship series and World Series? Who knows? I'm a little bummed. I was looking forward to a battle of the coasts, and of course, the neutral site is right in the heart of Texas uh, in Arlington at a beautiful ballpark, actually. It's been fun to watch some games there and have a few fans there as well. Uh, it always seems a little bit more natural when you have fans at the games in any of these sports, uh, obviously within regulations and CDC guidelines. So my Los Angeles Dodgers come back from a 3-1 series deficit to the Atlanta Braves. We'll talk about the Tampa Bay Rays in a second, but I do want to welcome on Drew McDonald real, real quick, uh, a friend of the program that's been on before to discuss the Atlanta Braves as well as the Tampa Bay Rays. Drew, how was your weekend emotionally from a, from a baseball standpoint with both the Rays and the Braves? Yeah, Justin, uh, it's a tough time for you, Brace fan. You know, this is a big lead that they blew three to one. Uh, it was tough, but we saw MP free, Freddie Freeman, chronic clinic in Arlington. Uh, game seven, though, was rough. I mean, honestly, the Brace went the Dodgers' way. It was a blunder. It was a, a ground ball that Swanson goes to score on. It's in a pick, it's tagged out. And Austin Riley, goodness gracious, he stops halfway at third base, then goes again, it's tagged out. Tough for the Braves, tough misery business, but it's a constant cycle, man. I'm just tired of it. But, you know, it's, I think that the Braves do have a lot to be pulled off of, though, coming into the year. So am I sad? Yes. Am I miserable to this day? Yes. But next year, we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, that, that base running error on the paths by the Braves kind of did them in. In fact, in the first inning, Dustin May, eight straight balls to walk two batters back-to-back. Ozuna knocks in a run there. Then uh, Dansby Swanson hits a home run to go up 2-0. And in fact, I'm looking at the win probability. There was never a point where the Braves' win probability was past 60%, which I think just tells you how powerful the Dodgers' lineup is. Let's go over to you real quick, Scott. I know you have baby Sam there making his Poogee podcast debut. But Scott, what did you see uh, from the two series? And what is your unbiased opinion, I guess, going into this World Series? Well, uh, Justin, thanks for having us on. We got a big, almost six-month-old baseball fan here, so um, he's very excited to, to chime in with his thoughts. But um, you know, I, I think what I'm really excited about um, with an expanded playoffs, you weren't sure if you were going to get the best team in each league, and we ended up with the best team in each league facing off for the World Series. And Atlanta is phenomenal. Um, the Yankees are phenomenal. Oakland. Uh, obviously, the Astros are probably way better than their record suggests, but uh, these are two teams that are on the cutting edge of, of baseball. You're going to see a lot of high velocity, a lot of high fastballs with a lot of vertical movement on them, a lot of shifting, a lot of power in the World Series. So, I mean, this is pretty much uh, what we really could have dreamed of. Dodgers and Rays, and I think it's going to be a really great series. 
two teams that think pretty similarly because of Andrew Friedman working in Tampa before going to the Dodgers. But it's going to be a really fun series to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I know the whole city of Tampa, the surrounding St. Pete, Clearwater area has to be excited. You know, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. The Buccaneers are on the move. Now the Rays are in the World Series. For the first time since 2008 when they lost to the Philadelphia Phillies, this is only their second time in the World Series. Almost somewhat of a money ball type feel to this Tampa Bay Rays team. We've seen them get rid of superstars in the past, including Chris Archer, what then, which then turned into some great players for their team. Max, let's welcome you in real quick. I know you've been on before to talk racing, uh, but, but let's talk baseball real quick with you. I follow your tweets pretty closely, especially during baseball season with your Rays tweets. You get the ALCS dubs tweets going on. What are you looking forward to most in this series, and are you nervous at all about the way they kind of collapsed against the Astros in the ALCS? Yeah, thanks, Justin. I'm uh, excited to be here, um, obviously, for a good reason. we got game one tonight. Uh, you know, the tweets are just something to kind of help me get my emotions out. Typically, when I'm watching the Rays, I'm, you know, watching it with my girlfriend, Asia. So she has no clue what's going on most of the time. So, you know, I can be like, oh, that wasn't a strike. And she's like, what are you talking about? So, uh, yeah, exciting, uh, exciting times for sure. Uh, I definitely, I think I tweeted before the season started, you know, it's an abbreviated season. So I expect the race to either be garbage or to be the best team in the league, just because they're usually good for only a third of the season. So uh, happy to be on the good end of that spectrum. But, you know, the collapse, it worries me a little bit, um, just based off of, you know, some past tendencies of them to fall apart in the playoffs. But Overall, I think if this is the team, you know, this is the one that's going to do it and uh, excited to see how it plays out against the Dodgers. Yeah, I was I was talking to another uh, Rays fan the other night and I said, I always favor the team that forces the game seven simply because they have the momentum and they've played with nothing to lose. And that's what the Dodgers did against the Braves. But the Rays and Charlie Morton, I think I saw a stat. He's the only pitcher to have three game seven wins in his career. And he's going to pitch third, game three, in this upcoming series. So the Rays obviously have a stacked pitching staff. The Dodgers have arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball over the last 15 years. But can he get over that hump and get the all-elusive World Series championship to cap off an already Hall of Fame career? Uh, that is Clayton Kershaw, of course. It's going to be fun. When it comes to power, uh, Drew, if you want to jump in here, the Braves, you had mentioned, were a power plant of power. What do you see from the Rays and what do you see from the Dodgers as far as their lineups go with power? So this is one guy's Randy Arena. Oh my goodness, Justin. Seven bombs, ALCS with ease, Apo Tacos. He's a big force. Uh, Mike Zanino has some clutch home runs in this, in this series. They find ways to get on base too, the guys like G-Man, Troy. So it, it's more of just uh, situational hitting. So I feel like Kevin Cash does a good job of like, you know, Taking the lineup to where it's best suited to get on base, get, to get guys on base. So let's say a Rosarina, Zanino, and hopefully Brian Lau wakes up. He's been miserable this postseason, so hopefully he can wake up in the World Series. You mentioned you mentioned about the power there. It's it's interesting. The NL, you know, has the designated hitter for the first time, I think, since the beginning of the leagues, the American and the National League. And that has only helped the Dodgers. We've seen them go one through nine with simply powerful batters. And we saw that the other night in game seven, Cody Bellinger hitting a home run with Kike Hernandez hitting a home run in the bottom of the sixth, pinch hitting. 
in that spot. So even their bench players can come in and make an impact. Cody Bellinger then hitting the game-winning home run in the bottom of the seventh. The Braves not able to rebound from that. Uh, real quick, Scott, if, if you want to jump in, who has the better pitching staff, in your opinion, between these two teams? Well, that's a great question, Justin, because they're, they are phenomenal and they've got two managers that are you know, willing to use really any pitcher in any situation. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as a slight edge in the pitching department. Um, you, you don't know what you're going to get in the back of the Dodgers bullpen. That was a little bit of a concern in that series. And obviously, you're probably going to see Urias, who was so good at the end of Game 7, in a starting role for the Dodgers. So um, with Kenley Jansen kind of being in question mark, with some of the other guys like Blake Trinan being a little bit up and down, even like a Bruce Dark Gratterall, I think Tampa Bay, uh, they really have some excellent arms in that bullpen. Yeah. Some pretty good starters as well. I'll give Tampa Bay the edge there. And I'll, I'll say this, obviously, Max, a fan of the Rays, plenty of other friends are fans of the Tampa Bay Rays, and they've suffered through a lot of heartbreaking years within that division with the Red Sox being so good, a team that knocked off the Dodgers a few years ago, with the Yankees obviously being a powerful team as well. They haven't been able to get over the hump. So I would say if there's a team, the Dodgers, I would be okay with them losing to it would be the Rays simply because I think that it's a good story for that city, obviously with the lightning already winning the Stanley cup. I do want to go to Max real quick, Max, what are your thoughts on the World Series being played at a neutral site? I know they played most of the season at alternating ballparks. They did a normal schedule. Are you excited to have back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games potentially? Or do you, do you like the idea of the travel between Los Angeles and Tampa? Yeah, I mean, I think the back-to-back-to-back-to-back is a little silly. Um, I thought so throughout the playoffs. I think you're seeing a lot of taxing on the bullpens, and you're maybe not seeing you know some of the best that these teams have to offer, which – you know, granted, in a full season, you are having those seven-game stretches. But, you know, in the playoffs, you're kind of used to having those travel days. So you're seeing some bullpens having to be reworked, which works in favor for the race. Um, I think in terms of, you know, having the World Series at a neutral site, I think it gives it a new feel, kind of like the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, it also limits who can go. As you mentioned earlier, you have the Dodgers and you have the Rays, and it's going to be in the middle of the United States and Texas. So, uh, I was looking at flights to get out there. Um, you know, tickets are three, 400 bucks a pop. So it's kind of like, you know, how many Dodgers and Rays fans are you really going to get at this game? Um, as opposed to just people who are going to the World Series just to go. Granted, is it better to have it at this beautiful ballpark in terms of Tampa Bay's Tropicana Field? Most likely. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if the Rays do pull it off, uh, it's going to be kind of disappointing to have them win it in front of 20% of fans, uh, you know, in the middle of Texas. So, I think, you know, there's a strategy to it. I get why they're doing it. Obviously, you don't want an outbreak during the World Series, but, you know, it, it's kind of bittersweet at this point. And, and, you know, you bring up a good point there about the ballpark in Tampa, and I don't think the Dodgers obviously have any issues with fan support, attendance, anything like that, but that's something that Tampa Bay has been notorious for, uh, just simply being a hockey town, a football town, and baseball is almost the third sport there for a lot of people being its location within that area. It makes you wonder if a World Series win here would maybe boost those ticket sales and, and, and kind of grab some of that fan attendance from Orlando, from that west coast of Florida, and maybe push the city to try and make a new ballpark. I know they've talked about Ybor City. I don't know all the details to what goes into that type of decision, but I do know that nothing bad can come from winning a World Series. So hopefully 
it only means good things for Tampa Bay, yourself, and the other fans here in the state of Florida. Last thing before we go, we'll start with Drew. We need some fearless predictions. Give me who's going to win in how many games and who the World Series MVP is going to be. Drew, if you want to kick it off for us. I said in the past episode, Justin, raising six, sticking to it, MVP, Randy or Rose Arena. I'm calling five home runs in this series, all clutch home runs. I think raise up all the way, get a trophy. And how many games you said raise and how many? Six. Raising six with a Rose Arena winning MVP. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. He's been pretty much the postseason MVP thus far. Corey Seager, however, five home runs in the NLCS record by a shortstop in MLB postseason history. Scott, for you, who's going to win the World Series? How many games? And who is the MVP of the series? I know I said Tampa's got the engine pitching staff, but their lineup concerns me outside of a Rosarena right now because they're struggling. So give me Dodgers in seven. My head tells me to pick Mookie Betts as the World Series MVP, but my heart is telling me Clayton Kershaw. So I would love to see Clayton Kershaw win. Uh, MVP and, and exercise some of these demons. As you were as you were saying that, Sam seemed a little surprised. So maybe he feels opposite. Maybe he's going with the Rays. You might have a Rays baby there. Who knows? He's but, a Florida boy, so <laughs> he might be a Rays guy. He's got his well. He's got both colors on here, so we'll see. He's neutral. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see what happens for his sake. I'm sure he's going to be excited to hang with dad to watch the games. And Max, for you, uh, who's going to win? I mean, I, I think I have a feeling of who you're going to say, but how many games and who will the MVP be? You know, I think in a true Tampa Bay race fashion, especially this year, I think it'll go seven. Uh, I think it'll probably start off pretty strong for the Rays early in the season. Uh, I think Dodgers will come back late just because their power is unbelievable, um, similar to what we saw from the Yankees and Astros series. I think the Rays will pull it out. Um, I think MVP will go to glass now, and my bold prediction is he wins two games and gets the save in game seven. So I think that'll bring the Archer trade full circle because um, I always thought Chris Archer sucked, so suck it, Pirates. I, I really like what you said there because that's something I always like about the World Series. You get to game six and seven. Once you're at game six, that obviously means one team already has three wins. So the other team starts pulling out all the stops. You put starting pitchers in. We've seen Clayton Kershaw crumble in those situations in the past. I like it. The save to glass now in game seven. I am going to take Dodgers in seven as well, almost selfishly just because I want to see another game seven. We got spoiled with two game sevens in the championship series. What a way to cap off a weird baseball year just before November with the World Series going to game seven. I am going to go with Corey Seager as the MVP. I think he is hot right now. He played extremely well in the NLCS and a large part of that 3-1 deficit comeback for the Dodgers had to do with Corey Seager's bat picking up and his fielding as well. As Scott said, Mookie Betts, he started playing well towards the end of the series. So who knows what's going to happen? It it could be uh, a quick series. I would hope not, but I I fully intend it to go seven uh, seven games. Dodgers win in seven with Corey Seager. But anyways, guys, I will get these picks on paper to hold you all accountable and put them on Instagram and Facebook. So uh, that way you can either gloat and say you hit it on the head or you can be embarrassed and take the walk of shame into the 2021 season. So guys, thanks for being here again. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Justin. Go raise, baby. Of course, guys. Of (laughs) Of course. So fans, that was MLB World Series preview. Thanks for watching and listening. I know it was a quick episode, but 
NFL Week 7 preview will be coming with less Jaguar talk. Luckily for you all, we will talk more about the NFL as a whole because if the Jaguars aren't going to give us product to enjoy, we will not put out content for them on our platform. So more NFL talk, brief about the Jaguars. They are in timeout until they get their act together, which should include firing a few of the front office members and maybe looking at the number one pick. We got to try and figure out a way for the Jets to win a game. That way we can maybe get Trevor Lawrence. But uh, until next time, look out for episode 52 on Thursday, week seven preview. As always, follow on Instagram, the Pooji podcast, subscribe on YouTube and follow on Instagram for the Pooji Parlay picks as well as on Twitter, Pooji Parlay or jpooch 17 Until next time, thanks for listening and go make this world a better place. How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man? Be sure to follow our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast streaming services, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel to check out unique video elements for each interview.